Welcome to 39-Minute Conversations. Please wait for your host to begin this meeting. Your meeting is now being recorded. All right, here we go. Can you see me? Can you hear me okay? Yes. Hi. Sorry. Just that I just had a call that ran so long and I was like trying to make them get off of it, but <laughs> it's like a work thing. So I was like, it and happens. I didn't realize how long they had gone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No worries. It happens to the uh, best of us. But now I'm going to waste a little bit of your time and I'm going to make you sit through an ad read. Is that okay? Yes. Go Perfect. for it. This episode of 39-Minute Conversations is not officially presented by The Menu. While I continue to anxiously await actual paying sponsors, I've been using this section of the podcast to advertise products or movies or shows or whatever that I'm into right now. And the other night I watched a movie I loved, and now you're going to have to hear about it. The Menu, now available on HBO Max. The Menu is bonkers. It is tense, suspenseful, hilarious, the kind of movie that makes a writer question if you'll ever be this good. If you're completely wasting your time, if you should give up and move to a lighthouse in Maine and live a quiet, simple life of solitude away from the crippling self-doubt that comes from striving to create art that probably won't live up to, The Menu. Starring Rafe Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, and Hong Chow, The Menu is a satirical thriller about foodie culture. A young couple travels to a private island to eat in an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Say anything else will give too much away, so just trust me. If you haven't watched it yet, once this podcast is over, please wait till this podcast is over. Go to HBO Max and flip open The Menu. And hello, I'm Brian D. Arnold. This is 39 Minute Conversations, a podcast about reconnecting with old friends and making new ones, but I've only got 39 minutes to do it because I will not be paying for Zoom Pro. We're nearing the end of a series of interviews with screenwriters featured on the 2022 Blacklist, an annual list of the best unproduced feature screenplays of the year. And my guest today wrote the very funny Blacklist script, Better Luck Next Time. The logline, is two best friends run a successful underground service, taking women's toxic exes on humiliating dates, but their friendship is put to the ultimate test when an old Mark plots his revenge. She's also a creative director who has worked on social media and marketing campaigns for projects like Edith, Bad Education, and Honey Boy, Kristen Tepper. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. That of was course. so awkward to listen it's, to. Isn't it? It's the best part. It's one of the best parts of this. Yeah, literally, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's about me. Your ad read was amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I um, I really want eventual sponsors to see that I care and then I try. Um, so, you know, that's just... Uh, really good. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Um, we don't know each other really at this point. This is the first time that we've spoken outside of the emails booking you for this. Um, but I'm really excited to to get to know you and hear your story. So thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. I was like so excited. Um, I'm nervous. But Are you okay. nervous? Yeah, I'm nervous. I get nervous about everything. So I'm just gonna well, go. I'll try to I'll be as as gentle as I can. We're going to ease <laughs> into this. Um, and I want to start, first of all, um, with sort of the premise of this podcast, which is, you know, the last three years have kind of turned me into a into a shut in. That's just who I am now, maybe a little less so than I used to be, but still more than most. Uh, so I'm curious these last few years, how have they affected and changed you? How is this Kristen different than the Kristen I would have met in, say, 2019? Oh, okay. Wait, wait. Are you in LA? Are you? I am in LA. LA? Yes. Okay. I'm, I am in LA as well. Um, gosh, 2019 Kristen 
was, I don't even know, she wasn't uh, like really, really writing yet. I like mm -hmm. moved out in the beginning of 2018, I want to say, I can't remember, me and, uh, me and time are not good friends. Um, <laughs> but I moved out and did some like internships. I like knew I wanted to work in this industry, but I ended up like in a personal assistant role for a producer. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just like too scared to write, even though I'd like taken classes and done a bunch of stuff. Um, so I would say 2019, Kristen, and I was, was still trying to figure it out very much so. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoyed like my personal assistant job though. Um, and that's how I got into all like the social media. I started with Honey Boy. Mm -hmm. um, it's something I like went to school for and had done. Um, so very different in the fact that I like more comfortably say like, I'm a writer. I still don't feel 1000% <laughs> It still that. didn't sound that comfortable. It's your, your voice yeah. got, your voice got higher. It's you, uh, you still, you still hesitated on it a little bit. That is, you are 1000% right. Yeah. I still am not 100% sure about saying that. Um, I worked from home though. So mm -hmm. I have always been a shut in. Mm -hmm. I like love working from home. <laughs> it's like so comforting do you like it I mostly that aspect I do like I I've always you know since I've been writing I've been very comfortable working from home and I do enjoy that but I used to do a lot more like um performing I did a lot of like improv comedy and sketch comedy and you know the bars and stuff that would come after that so I that was like a so I did have I'm a little bit of an introvert but I definitely had bursts of activity and going outside and seeing and interacting with people and I do that less for sure I I go back to Chicago a lot uh, since I can't work from home and I think I do it a lot more in Chicago with like I'm still friends with my high school friends mm -hmm. and I made my college friends and my high school friends like combine groups so <laughs> that is when I get my like outgoingness and but I love um I'm in uh Los Feliz and I love the there's like a Starbucks reserve. I, I hate that it's a Starbucks, but whatever it is, um, Starbucks reserve up on Hillhurst that is literally like so comfy and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And like, when I know I should get out of the house, I will like go right there. I like that. And everyone is working and you always see someone famous. Like Aaron Paul was there the last <laughs> time or like two times ago that I went in. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like the guy from, have you ever seen the changeling? Um, like Angelina Jolie. I don't, I don't think I have, but is that Jeffrey Donovan? Is that who you're? Maybe. And he's, he's also in Ozark season one. Okay. Um, he's like, I literally like was just walking out of the Starbucks and I think he was walking in with like his adorable dog. And I like was shocked because like, he's very scary in the changeling. And I was like, I like <laughs> ran away. Um, is that something you're still getting used to the, the celebrity sightings now that you're out here? Maybe. I think my eyes so I like the producers I worked for they are connected to a management company so I would see a lot of people in there but I still sure. get excited sure like you're still like oh I can never go up to them but I'm kind of like from a distance I'm like mm -hmm. very cool do you think people in the Starbucks now are like I think that girl was on the blacklist do you think that you're a celebrity no, now? But, no, I, not yet. but I have a TikTok and I did have one girl come <laughs> up and she was like oh, I've seen your TikToks and I was like beat red uh, with embarrassment <laughs> so that was different but why no is it why, why is that embarrassing I remember one time you know I, I was I was recognized for improv in a grocery store and I was just like this is weird but this feels amazing I want this more oh I love that I don't I think like TikTok is still a little cringy to me which it's not like I literally go on and just like talk about like how I got my job in the film industry and stuff mm -hmm. um 
And I think I was just like, I had just worked out and I was like, my hair was like in this bun and she was just like, oh, it's so great to meet you. And I was like, shook it, <laughs> shook it. Um, but yeah, so no blacklist ones just yet. It'll, it'll happen. Let's start. Let's get into the blacklist stuff because that is a huge accomplishment. It's very exciting. Um, and one thing that that so congratulations on that, first of all. Thank you. Um, but what, what, one thing that really stood out for me is you got on the blacklist as an unwrapped writer, you uh, which you don't have you, you didn't have an agent manager at the time. Is that still the case? Uh, it is. I'm in the midst of all the meetings right now. So I'm Great. hoping by the end of January that I will have that like locked in locked and loaded that's very exciting um but so how did you feel the morning of the blacklist announcement so that had to be that had to be a bit of a surprise it's it can't I'm sure it's not unheard of to be unwrapped on a blacklist but it has to be very rare yes um it was it was really exciting I I I am trying really hard this year especially to um enjoy things a little bit more I can Mm -hmm. I'm like a very like oh, you know, this thing happened, but now this means like I got to climb this mountain and then this mountain. And I like sure. spend very little time enjoying it. So I think I had a lot of like, not dread, but mm. like, oh, oh shit. Like it happened, like it, it happened. And now what's next? And I got to make the right move. And who should I talk to? And, mm-hmm. um, but my friends were like, very, I, my friends made me excited about it. Like they got me like a cookie cake that said like <laughs> on the blacklist or whatever it said. Um, so it was really fun to like be able to like celebrate it. Um, and it was, it was really surprising. Um, I had heard from a few people though, that they were going to vote for me. So I was mm-hmm. like, there's like a, there's a chance. Yeah. Like I was like, I don't know what the chance is. Cause I had talked to a few people and they were like, you need anywhere from like six to nine votes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, and it's like, it, that changes every year, depending on how many scripts are like um put on the list or how many have like the five voter the six voter the seven Mm -hmm. vote um so yes it was very it was very exciting and then I was like oh oh my this is like I get to do the thing I was always thinking about (laughs) that is very cool and you brought up a great point about it is hard to celebrate an accomplishment because there is always there are always more steps there are are always you're never done but at the same time you know when you get to the top of one mountain you have to enjoy the view a little bit before you keep going that is my 2023 like goal of being like look like look at that and I think it's like fun having some friends in the industry and some not that like mm-hmm. the friends that are not are like oh my god what the heck is this like this is so cool and there's like the amazing video where like Meryl Streep mentions the blacklist and like so you get to like yeah. have that really cool excitement um and then yeah like my friends like to they can either like bring me back down to earth or they can like bring me up to when they're like, I think you're being a little <laughs> sourpuss about this. Like, be happy. It's nice. Get you a friend who can do both. I think that's important. It's important to know when we're like a little bit too, you know, like, you know, enjoying the smell of our farts and a little bit. And then, you know, the times exactly. when <laughs> the times when we maybe need a boost, because, you know, I, I describe uh, my ego as sort of a, a Jenga tower. You know, it is very tall, but very easy to knock down. So it's it's I good. That. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that's another piece going right on top of the Jenga tower. Um, <laughs> so it's it's good to have friends who can check you either way. So it's, it's good to, yeah, it's, it's very important, I think. Um, a lot of the listeners, I think, of this show tend to be um, writers who maybe are up and coming, maybe not repped yet. So 
what was your, did you have like a strategy for like, I'm going to, I'm going to get this in some hands. I'm going to like, how did you do that for yourself? How did you advocate for yourself in that way? Um, I, I will say that was just, that was a 2022 thing before that. I literally like, I didn't really tell people I wrote, I entered a few contests. Like I got a blacklist eight that I was really excited about. Mm -hmm. And even then I didn't really like say it to anyone. I was like, Oh, that's like good. (laughs) Um, so I really think it was like one telling people, like, I was like, Oh, I'm a writer. And I wrote this thing. And like, luckily, like working for those producers. And now that I make like, I make pitch decks and lookbooks and social media campaigns. I've gotten to know like a few people in the industry mm-hmm. and I've, I've done a lot of work with them and they really trust me to like do the things that they're asking of me. Um, and like in those conversations, it does just kind of come up or you, if I really wanted to work with someone or I thought their production company was great, I'd be like, Oh, they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm like working on a script. Like, I'm just going to go to Starbucks after this. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, Oh, I didn't know you wrote. And it really was, it was just like telling people that I did it was like the first step. And it yeah. was, anyone from like anyone at home, like getting more less embarrassed or less like unsure about telling people. And then from there, it was like, oh, what are you working on? And then I would tell them, I'm like, you know, I've got this like script. Um, Me and my friend had been pondering this idea and we had like wrote versions and it was never quite right. There was a TV version. And I like finally sat down this year and I was like, yeah, this is better luck next time. And it's about these two women. They're very wacky scenario, kind of action comedy, buddy Mm -hmm. um, movie. And everyone I talked to was like, oh, I it's great. It's like such a sellable concept. Like, mm-hmm. let me see. And I was like, oh, like, okay, like this is the this is the time where it's time to like send something. Um, and then yeah, it was basically like I have friends who are assistants and they were like, Oh, I'll, you know, show my boss. Um, and they're like, I don't know if I can promise anything, but like, you know, it doesn't hurt to have them look at it. Um, and then I had other friends who uh were the actual execs and they were like oh yeah like this is amazing this is so funny like I love your lookbook I totally mm-hmm. get what you're going for um and then yeah again at the end of the year um one of my friends Kirsten like reached out and she was like I like I'm gonna vote for better luck next time and I was like what yeah and she was like yeah for blacklist and I was like oh like that's even like a possibility probability who knows mm-hmm. um and from there I was like I'm gonna go remind a few people who told me they liked it (laughs) and I like sent an updated lookbook and an updated pitch deck Mm -hmm. and like that was really it it was really like I spent the last three years doing a lot of not like favors but like a lot of work for great people and I was Mm -hmm. like it's I think I can ask or I can like throw this in their face again and be like hey like just wanted to see and they're like oh you know I'm voting for blacklist Mm -hmm. I, I I almost forgot about this but this was so funny yes um so it was, it was a lot of having to be brave enough to put yourself out there, yeah. which is very terrifying. Yeah. It sounds like, first of all, that's really interesting and really cool because yeah, most of the people, the more writers you talk to, the more you realize everybody has a different story for how they kind of got their foot in the door. Uh, for me personally, it was, it was screenwriting contests. And I know a few people who kind of had it the same way. And then you did the assistant track and got to know people and there's really no one way in. And that's both that's both kind of freeing and also kind of terrifying for writers because there's just no path to follow. There's a bunch of paths to try and hopefully one of them works out. For yeah. You. Like that was like, I did not think the blacklist was like my type of path because I think of blacklist scripts as like, at least in previous years, you know, there's always kind of like a vibe to the list. And I thought in previous years that they were really like, you know, it's a biopic and it's like a really grand or it's like a really like 
um, like a, a really heartfelt story. And I was like, this isn't any of those things, but people like it. So like, yeah. this is what I'm going with. And like, I thought I was going to do contests, but I have never, you know, I've got, I'm like the always a bridesmaid, never a bride for them. I've gotten sure. like the semi-finalist. Happens. And I was like, oh, like I'm never going to break in, even though I'm mm-hmm. in it. Like I'm in this industry. I'm just adjacent and more marketing. It was like mm-hmm. a very, like, I'm sure you felt it. Like where you're like, mm-hmm. it's, wheels are spinning to nowhere. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. I, I, you know, I was semi-finalist or below a bunch of times until I finally, until I finally won a couple. So it was, you know, I, I, I never tried the assistant track. I, I talked to a company like early on when I got to LA about being an assistant and they were like, oh yeah, this could be good for you. But it just depends on like, are you going to be able to write after you work for like 16 hours in a day? And I was like, ha yeah. And he was like, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. That's just what it looks like. And so I didn't take that job. I've, you know, just worked a million different odd jobs here that were semi-adjacent, but not anything that would have been like a connection writing. Um, so I think just, I think the lesson kind of is, yeah, take, you know, whatever path works best for you. There are several to try and it's cool yeah. to hear, you know, your success in your path. Cause it's just completely different than mine. Yeah. And I think like, I was very like, not throw stuff at the wall, but I definitely have always kind of kept that a bit of a mentality where I was like, I'm going to try the contest and then I'm going to, you know, work at, I think the biggest thing was like all through COVID, all I did was I wrote, Mm -hmm. like, I was just like, I need at least, I think I like convinced myself of a fake number. I was like, I need two pilots and I need three features. And like, this is what is going to figure it out for me. And then, um, I got a writer's group who they all have different stories too. Like one girl is a writer's assistant. So she's like in the room, but in the assistant role, um, another one works in marketing too. And someone else is like in production. So it's just like, you never know what's gonna make it work. Another one actually like is very much like a writer director and they have shorts Mm -hmm. that are amazing that get them a lot of notice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. There's a million different ways to do it. And it's, and it's cool that I think a writer's group is so important. I have one too, and it's sim- broken down kind of similar, mostly features, but some pilots and people, a couple of us have been on the blacklist. And then, you know, one's the writer director one, you know, it's, it's all different types of people, but it's all working toward the same thing and all taking different paths at it, which is, which is exciting and scary because yeah, like I said, there's just no one way to do it. When people ask me how to break in, all you can do is kind of give them a list of things to try because it's, there's no set way to do it literally none which is it's so frustrating when you're like I can't the last like 2022 I was just like I don't know how I'm gonna figure this out like Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm gonna like jump from being seen as like a marketing person to this Mm -hmm. and I think it's just to like keep trying which is so frustrating it's very frustrating but I but you know if you keep at it I think persistence is almost more of the key than anything else is it's the longer you the more no's you can hear and not you know and not quit the better your chances are and yeah yeah oh I'm like in that right now even like um I had I have a I've had a good amount of like manager meetings which and like a few agents I think I'm just gonna go like with a manager just because I feel like kind of still really new and I think they'll like baby me a little bit and teach me some stuff (laughs) sure um but uh there were agents that I literally reached out or managers that I literally reached out to just because I had like, you know, seen them on IMDb pro or I watched them build someone else's career and I loved it. And like, even then, like I sent them my blacklist script and they were like, loved it. But like, um, I already have someone that kind of writes this or they were like, Mm. this just like, isn't my type of comedy. And I was like, Oh, 
like, <laughs> sure. oh my God. Sure. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I guess I have to get used to that because it's, it's not. And some things that I read, I'm like, yeah, it's not my thing. Like, I really respect it for what it is. Like, I don't want to mm. spend my life like working on uh, a random sci-fi thing. That's just not mine, my sure. taste. And I like really had to like, be like, oh, that's, this is a new type of like rejection. Like, this is going to be the new thing for me when people are like, I liked it, but like, not for me. Yeah. The rejections don't stop. They just get bigger and they, they get, they get like, well, this is a cool person to get a no from. Like that's, that that's kind of what it turns into. I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to start saying that. Like, that was a great person to get a no from. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. And uh, I've gotten some no's that were like, well, at least they know I exist and, you know, they don't like me, but that's all right. You know, that is such a good way to think about it. Cause I was literally like, oh my God, I forgot. I felt like a kid on the playground again. I was like, mm-hmm. people don't like, just like me, like, like <laughs> me in this thing. <laughs> I want, I want to talk about better luck next time. Uh, you, you described the premise uh, already, so I'll, I, w- I won't, you know, repeat that, but it's very funny. It's and it's it's built around this friendship. It's a great premise, but it's also built around this this friendship, which I think is what kind of grounds it and makes it feel very human and relatable. It kind of reminded me of a few things. It was, you know, that friendship reminded me of like book smart, super bad, bridesmaids, that kind of like two different people in two different places of their lives. And the premise is very, this isn't a perfect comparison, but it reminded me of like a more comedic, promising young woman. Oh yeah. That's, that is literally like when I was emailing people, that is exactly how I explained all of that. Oh, great. Perfect. (laughs) Yes. And then I think Um, I said like, with like, I said like in the comedic silliness of like the other guys or horrible mm -hmm. bosses, like that Mm -hmm. type of silliness that like keeps escalating. It definitely is. And it definitely does that well. Um, where did this script come from other than, you know, of course, we men are mostly terrible. <gasps> um, okay, this is the part that's, so my best friend's name is Devin. She's actually my roommate. I'm sure she's like back there somewhere. <laughs> we, I think it was like when we had both come out here and we had like, we, she was struggling in the job and she didn't know what she wanted to do. And I also was too. And I was like, I just don't think I have like the guts to write something yet and I we were both like we're just passing ideas back and forth and I was like and I think that one was just like if you look at both of our Instagrams we have very strong opinions about like patriarchy and men mm-hmm, and what sure. we can do better and women like the a few drafts of this had a lot of dates for women too because can be equally and differently as horrible they just didn't make the cut for like <laughs> you know you want to keep it sure. over 90 95 pages sure um and yeah, it was literally just me and her brainstorming back and forth. And then like it grew. She's obsessed with Cher. There is like so much Cher <laughs> referencing in this. And yeah. like Cassandra, who's kind of like, you know, a villain of sorts is just, um, is like everything I would want in a villain. Like this was literally to make my friends laugh. I was like, I'm going to send this to my friends. They're all mm-hmm. going to get a kick out of this. Very Midwest, very Chicago. Mm -hmm. um everyone still goes to like um chain restaurants so that is like a kitschy thing for cassandra throughout um yeah so it was literally the basis was yeah um men men do some questionable (laughs) things and maybe it's time to like you know unhitch them like unhitching of the world and then it was just making my friends laugh was really probably a goal I think that's great because like people do recommend I've read and I don't know if I do this so much but people really recommend like write for one person or write for like a group of people that you know are going to like it and you know the specific will 
translate universally. But if you are targeting at somebody, then other people are probably going to respond to the same stuff. Yeah. And I think that was like, I, a lot of what I write is really dark, actually. Like that Mm -hmm. would be like, I think my natural state of being is a very dark place. Mm -hmm. Um, And this just was literally at a time when I was like, I want to really laugh a lot. And like, Mm -hmm. Comedy is having such a hard time anyways right now. Like, you know, Seth Rogen does an interview and he's like, what is comedy now? Like, no one can do it. It's not, it doesn't transfer internationally. Right. And I, you know, you think about all those things and that might even stop you from trying to write it. And I was like, no, this is just what's going to happen right now. Like, and my friends, I sent it to them and they all laughed and we had our inside jokes that are built in there. One of the characters is, um, my sister's married. I ran out of names. And so like her, the last name of the character is her new last name. Sure. And I sent it to her without even remembering. And she was like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely done that to people. I, I do it for fun. Um, I also like dark comedy is really my jam. What, what draws you to find the humor inside of these dark things that can be, you know, if you look at them, just in the world they can be objectively horrible and 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 sad and terrifying what 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 draws you to find the funny in that um i think i like this is liz feldman and dead to me is like peak of what if i could ever do something as great as that like that is kind of like where something tragic happens and it's still mm-hmm. funny because um i think that's been like my whole my whole upbringing like south side chicago mom very like dry and like not really like um someone that you like do emotions with but everything Mm -hmm. is funny and then like you know throughout high school and into college and like my now and like um like my after college 20s like we had a lot of friends pass away in our friend group and my sister's Mm. grade was like known to be cursed but like without like and as sad as that is there was never a time during all of that like someone couldn't make a joke or someone Mm -hmm. couldn't make it funny or like something horrific like seemed to have happened at that time and we were all just like yeah. And you look back and you're like that that made it that made it okay. Like it made yeah. it okay to laugh, it made it okay cuz that just happens. Like life is funny in the midst of all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's usually what I'm thinking about even if it's so serious, like something funny happens. Someone trips when they don't mean to and they're like doing the big speech like mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that I think my life has shaped me finding all dark things funny or else I don't think I would survive. I think I'm this I think I'm the same way. I I People of like, when people ask me the similar question, I always kind of respond with, um, I don't think I've ever been to a funeral where somebody didn't, where there wasn't at least one big laugh. Like it just, I think life, you know, anything that's just too maudlin, too, like it doesn't feel real to me. And anything that's, you know, too funny without something real, same. So I think, I think it's about finding that balance. And I think it's cool that you are able to sort of look at life that way. And also that your writing reflects that. Thanks. Yeah, I literally, so like, ah, was this last year? I Yeah, last year, my uncle um, passed of COVID and mm. I went to sleep. I went to sleep one night before not knowing. And then my, my he was six at the time. My six-year-old nephew came into my bedroom and he was like, mm, so sad that Uncle Tim is only at the cemetery now, the only place we can visit him. And I was like, what? I was like, no, he's not. Like, dude, it's fine. Chill out. Like, you're it's all good. And mm-hmm. I like text my sisters and I'm like, why is Easton in my room telling me uncle Tim said like, what's going on? And they're like, they're like, oops, that is not how you're supposed to find out. Oh my it's, God. Like, it's just stuff like that where you're like, sure. this is hilarious. Honestly, sure. probably the best way that could have gone for me. Like laughed <laughs> so long. Did someone tell your, your, um, Easton he that, or did he have he a psychic? Okay, everyone, okay. 
everyone talking about no oh my god it would be so much cooler if he was psychic yeah it would be a lot creepier and cooler for sure it would be it wouldn't I think I would be more concerned at that point yeah. but yes he had like overheard people talking about it and then decided like the cemetery <laughs> was just where he lived now <laughs> <laughs> um well, you were kind enough to send over your bio uh, when we, I want to get back into sort of your your history a little bit. You were kind yeah. enough to send over your bio and you you got started writing uh, Nancy Drew fan fiction in the sixth grade. Um, so first, I do want to know, is any of that still online anywhere? Maybe an old live journal, maybe a MySpace page. Can that be tracked down? It could be, it could be tracked down. It wouldn't be a MySpace. It would actually be, this is so embarrassing. I cannot give too much away. There is like a very specific, like Nancy Drew games and books, like message boards. <laughs> it lives on there. And like, I don't think they're very good, but I loved her. I loved sure. all the mysteries. I like loved uh, how she could figure things out in little twists. So yeah, I didn't write anything like super crazy. Like I've read some like Harry Potter fan fiction where like Hermione and Draco like end up together. It wasn't that wild. Like I wasn't that sure. skilled. Um, <laughs> so you could find it. It would be embarrassing. Sure. I'm not going to post it anywhere, but it does exist. <laughs> well, if I find it, I will definitely post it. Um, <laughs> yeah. What made you start? Uh, what made you get into writing and, and you know, start with the, I, I think a lot of writers do start with like emulating something else. I, I think sixth, seventh grade, my first thing I ever tried to write, one of the first things I ever tried to write that I remember was like a short story contest in middle school. And I did a sequel to the Naked Gun movies. That was just like the that short story that I turned in. So I think, I think so many writers start that way before we kind of find our own voices and stuff. What, what drew you to like, even to want to start writing to, you know, and how did that eventually turn into, I want to write for film? Yeah, uh, I I feel similarly. I had like a short story. My my family like loves collies, like the dogs, like lassies. Mm -hmm. And I had like a few short stories about like evil Knievel, but it was a it was a collie and it was a dog that like <laughs> fought with other dogs. I don't know. That was like my intro. But I really think it's because I loved reading. Like I mm -hmm. loved my Nancy Drew books were amazing. Harry Potter was a, a huge like the world that she built. J.K. Rowling. Um, <laughs> nah. But the world that she built was like really fun to me and I was like oh my god I can't believe people can do this and like this is a thing that people like this is a job that you could you could do eventually um mm -hmm. and I think that was really I was like oh I can get into all these worlds I was awkward and like and, and, and but then I got like I, I'm still awkward I got like friends and stuff though and like through sure. high school I didn't do anything I like wanted to be cool really badly mm -hmm. priority was like be cool and so writing wasn't cool like I was not in the theater program like god forbid um because at my school that was not cool um and I was really kind of like bummed that I didn't pursue any of that at that yeah. time um and so then when I went to college there was like screenwriting classes and I I took screenwriting classes and I was like oh this is dope and then I moved back to Chicago and I did Second City and I was like mm -hmm. okay this is like a real thing um and my parents who are not like my mom's like a blood technician and my dad has like a small business uh, we're like what are you I don't think this is a good idea and I was like mm -hmm. I'm just gonna go try I have some business brain like I'll figure it out one way or another maybe I'll just do the business side forever um and I think the second city classes were when I finally was like oh yeah this is like a career even though like I just read a book or someone tweeted that it's like there are less writers in the WGA than there are like professional MLB players and I'm like yeah when I went right. the the uh the day that I 
joined the my first like uh, what do you call it orientation when I joined WGA they gave that statistic of you know you're more likely to make major league baseball than WGA which um it's 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 a sobering stat but you also have to remember there's a lot of major league baseball players you know like we're there's it's 30 teams big like 50 man rosters like they're still, they're still you are room. such a good positive spin you <laughs> deserve a medal for positive spins i need to be around you more often and another mm-hmm. block on top of the jenga tower um <laughs> so you found that uh, second city were you doing sketch and improv what were you what were you doing at second yeah city? so so you had i'm pretty sure you like had to take an improv class mm-hmm. in class two and improv was the best thing ever for my public speaking and like my nervousness around people um I don't, I mean, I still feel that way a little bit, but I think I can speak and conversate, converse. Yeah, you can, you're conversing what, great. You're doing great. You're conversating yeah, like really good right verb, now. Yeah. Whatever verb that was, um, I can do that so much better because of the improv classes. And then, yeah, um, we had a teacher, oh my God, I want to say it was like Mr. McDonald or I think that was his name. I don't know. But he had wrote on SNL and he mm-hmm. had us do like these big pitch packets and it was like, you do sketches and then you did some like longer form things and um that was definitely and I think I also took a class at IO um Mm -hmm. which was amazing and like TJ and Dave I like went to go see them all the time I was like very in the scene for a little bit there Mm -hmm. um and it all felt very accessible adjacent at that point have you since since moving to LA have you tried any of the improv and sketch and stuff out here yet or not going to get back into it what are you feeling on that no, I did. I did one UCB class and that mm-hmm. was like to meet people because I didn't really know anyone. And I like mm-hmm. still talk to a lot of those people. They're like amazing and lovely. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just like a foot in the door learning lesson type thing. That's good that you were able to kind of separate yourself from that because I I did the same thing when I first moved to L.A., I, I had taken like a little bit of improv in um, South Carolina when I lived there briefly. So Where I was you like in South Carolina, uh, Myrtle Beach. Okay, my family loves Hilton Head, very okay. basic, but like yeah. love South Carolina. My parents live in Myrtle Beach now. Um, I'm originally from West Virginia, but um, I took an improv class in South Carolina when I lived there for a time, and then I moved out here. I was like, I don't know anybody. I I don't know what I'm doing. I should take an improv class just to like meet people. And then I just fell so deep into like improv and sketch, and it became like my life for like six years. And I wasn't writing that much other than sketch. Um, so it's good that you're, you know, you're not chasing that dragon the way a lot of us have fallen to improv too. Yes. I, I had a lot of friends, not a lot. I had, I had like four friends. I'm being so like dramatic, but I had four get friends. It. You have a lot college. of friends. Yeah. Lot. I had four friends who had moved out here and they were in fashion. So like, I had a very different, like, like friend group that I could go hang out with. Um, so I think that might've been how I didn't end up down the rabbit hole. <laughs> um, when you're sitting down to write, what is what is your process? Are you an outliner or do you just dive in? Oh, outliner, obsessive mm-hmm. outliner. Um, I think act two looks a little gray in my outlines. Like there's, it's like, yeah, this will happen or like feelings. Um, I will say I have like never done the like, uh, I don't know what the book is called. It's like a really common book that everyone uses as like the, the preference of- Save the cat? Yes. Okay. I've never done any of that, but I, for like work for working for a producer and just like kind of what I, how I learn, I read a ton of scripts and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to emulate like this scripts layout in an outline for my, co- like for my, co- like whatever I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I have two screens. It, that's huge to me, at least at the outline phase. And I have like 
ideas and like that script up over here. And then on this one, I'm literally like writing and trying to emulate um, mm -hmm. what I'm doing and what they did so well. Like, I think um, my first script, the pilot that got um, an eight on blacklist, I had originally wrote it and like, it didn't do good. And then um, I read dead to me and I was like, dead to me is the formula, like mm -hmm. the layout that this should be in. And I like restructured my whole script into that. And then I got an eight and I was like, okay, so it really was just like a structure thing. Mm -hmm and flow less than a story. Um, but before that, it's always outlining. And then I even, this is like, I know a lot of writers don't like this, but I love lookbooks and pitch decks. So I will mm -hmm. outline and then I'll do a little bit of like act one. And then I'll be like, who are these people? And I'll go and make like a pitch deck and write out in Google docs, like their character bios and the themes mm -hmm. and like, mm -hmm. why now? And I'll put it all in there just as like, I, then I can see who I'm writing. Yeah. I think that's smart. I don't, I am not a big, I don't know graphic design. I'm not good at it. You can tell by the, the cover image of this podcast that it is not my strong suit. Uh, but I do, I have a similar thing where I can't, I can't write unless I like, I have it cast in my head, even if that's not who it's going to be. I just, I have to hear the voices. I have to hear the cadence. Yeah. So like whatever helps you. And then I wish I was better at lookbooks. It's cool that you, I'm sure that's helpful when you're sending it out to, you know, give people a good yes. taste of, of what this could be. Yeah. And like, even like the pitch docs that I end up doing that just like, say like all the characters, here's the bio, mm -hmm. like everything I've learned from working for producers, um, has has benefited me greatly in the way that I like can organize information for the other side and what they want to see and how clean it needs to be and how many submissions they get like knowing all of that like definitely adjusts how I work mm -hmm. we, sorry we, it, was, it was pebbles <laughs> okay that's fine I just okay um we only have about two and a half minutes left which is crazy this thing always flies by um so I want to give you this opportunity to where can people follow you you got a tiktok you've, oh. you've mentioned your instagram twitter where can people follow you and is there anything yes. that you want to plug oh my gosh um okay so instagram and twitter are just my full name which is kristen tupper twitter i'm definitely talking about film stuff instagram is a little bit more of like my boring boring life cool. um and then tiktok is definitely my film heavy stuff so that's tupper talk someone had my name I was very sad. So this is like, Ugh. it's like T-E-P-P-E-R-T-O-K-S. And that's just like film stuff. I, the last post I have is a scene from Boy Meets World because I, <laughs> I just love that scene. I love that show so much. It's still something that I turn on all the time. <laughs> I cry at the end of every episode. It's so heartwarming and good and funny still. Uh, I still, yeah, yeah, I adore that show. Are you listening to Pod Meets World? No, oh my God, no. But I actually, this is funny. I tweeted about Boy Meets World and how much I loved it. And one of the producers messaged me and was like I really appreciate this I actually talked about your tweet on pod pod meets world and I was like what so oh I cool to it was that yes. uh was that was that uh Mark, Mark uh, oh, wait, I think you're on the thread I I am I Mark and I have also talked on Twitter a couple times yes it was it was Mark uh, yes exactly and he did he saw the tweet that's really cool um so now you got a guest spot on on pod meets world coming up on shore um so we don't have, we have about a minute left. And with this time, I want to get to know you on a much deeper intellectual, know your soul kind of level. Okay. Oh, great. Okay. So you're from Chicago, deep dish pizza, overrated or underrated? Overrated. Mm. What's the best food in Chicago? Portillo's chopped salad and cheese fries with Italian beef. Okay. What? 
It is a new year. What do you want to leave behind in 2022? Um, oh God. Um, not enjoying the moment. Hmm. Okay. This new year always makes me think of the passage of time. When we event- when you eventually pass away from this world, as we all do, what do you want people to say about you? She tried her best. She was really fun. <laughs> and what do you think happens after we die? Oh my God. Mm. Your meeting has ended. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to 39 Minute Conversations, hosted and produced by Brian T. Arnold. Music by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tune in for new episodes, and don't forget to rate and review. If you didn't like what you heard, please don't do any of that. That's okay, too. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be well.